Hey, it's Nelly. And it's Juno. And you're listening to Two Addies and Coffee, please. Where we share unfiltered life experiences as young, badass Asian American women with ADHD. What's kind of the story behind the name Two Addies and a Coffee, Please? You might have guessed it from the title that we both have ADHD, but when June and I first met back in high school, neither one of us knew. But we just kind of acknowledged that we worked a little differently than other people, thought a little bit differently, and it was mostly due to no one else wanted to study with us except each other. So we survived high school based on relying on each other, studying together, doing homework together, and it was always done last minute. Even after high school, throughout our nine years of friendship, we've gone our separate ways in terms of different twists and turns of life. But it was always through this shared relatability of our specific struggles. And that has been the key thing that has tied us together unconsciously, even after our paths have diverged. And it was this thing called ADHD. Before we dive deeper into ADHD, what exactly is ADHD? Well, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, ADHD is defined as a persistent pattern of inattention and or hyperactivity impulsivity that interferes with functioning or development. And these symptoms usually fall under three categories, poor attention, hyperactivity, and impulsivity. And ADHD is short for Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder. And if you think you might have ADHD, go to a medical health professional. We are by no means any professional, so please seek out proper help and assistance if you want to make sure or learn more information about this. We just want to share our stories. So currently, there are around 4.4% of adults who have ADHD, although we all kind of agree that it's a really undiagnosed Why is this the case though? And I think it's due to the general public not being super aware of what ADHD is. So diving a little bit deeper about this, what has been your experience with the lack of information surrounding ADHD? Frustrating. (laughs) People just generally lack an understanding of what ADHD is. And I just want to preface this with the fact that I also had a really inaccurate picture of what ADHD was before last year. When I found out my brother had ADHD when he was in high school, because I knew he was super bright, I always just never understood. I was like, how come you can't get this done? And I just thought he must be lazy if he obviously has the ability to do this and he just cannot. He get really stressed about doing his work and I just didn't totally understand. And I think this is really similar to what other people think when I tell them they have ADHD. It never crossed my mind that I had ADHD because I did relatively well at school and I performed well at work. So it was just very difficult for me to connect the dots and realize I had ADHD. Like I always knew I had struggles with extreme procrastination and lack of focus right before deadlines, but I also thought I was just lazy. I think a lot of that was kind of hidden externally from what my therapist tried to make me feel better about reframing as survival skills which is basically me pulling whatever shit I could right before deadlines to get myself out of completely fucked situations. And I feel like a lot of you out there could maybe relate to pulling like literal miracles out of your ass right before deadline because of intense hyperfocus. Yeah, I could agree with that. I think me and Juno always use the term, we need fire on our ass to do anything. (laughs) So if there's no deadline or a set date, I can't get started. It's just so difficult. But then once you have that deadline, hyper focus and hyper aware of the situation, then you kick into this mode of working super fast. 
Yeah. And I think this issue with my inability to get any work done whatsoever before a deadline is one of the biggest causes of my depression and anxiety. Even for long-term things like college apps, a big launch at work, or a really important presentation. I think in college, I started multiple month-long and two-month-long computer science projects two days before a deadline. And people would look at me like, what? You didn't start? You're not getting that. You're fucked. And I think the first few times I had this ego, I was like, oh my God, look at me. Like It was cutting really close, but then I was able to finish it. But eventually I wasn't able to. And I think one of my biggest fears is that happening at work. So far, thank God it didn't. But every single time I feel like I'm about to cross the line and it's extremely terrifying and scary and it caused an insane amount of stress. And I think that inability to trust myself to start and focus on work always makes me feel so trapped and helpless sometimes. It makes me depressed about my lifestyle and my potential, even if I'm supposedly producing good results at work. I always felt like I had no idea whether I would be fired or promoted. I bet some of you would know this, but it's a very confusing and unstable way to live. Yeah. It's definitely really unstable. You never feel like you trust yourself in terms of being able to execute. But for some reason, it always works out. But you just don't know how or why or when. So it's honestly just like flipping a coin. It lands on heads every time. But you don't know how and, and why that it logically makes sense that way. Right. Like I literally go to the cafe and I put on my big headphones to not get distracted. I'm super ready to work and I planned for this and I created a schedule. I just look at the clock and the whole day passed by and I got nothing done and I'm just like, what? And it's really frustrating because people telling me like, why can't you work? I don't know. I plan, I do everything. It's just, I can't execute. I think if I was diagnosed earlier, it would have saved me so much unhappiness and so much frustration. Besides that vicious cycle of work, I've always been told to slow down while talking. And I bumped into random things with my shoulders and my legs, even at the grocery store. I'm extremely impulsive and I interrupt people, which I also didn't realize I did until an embarrassing comment at a presentation. (laughs) I feel like I'm pretty good at, well, I guess I don't know, but I think I'm good at masking a lot of these symptoms, especially at work and people I'm not close with. Although now that I'm using this magical thing called medication and ADHD strategies to improve my executive functioning, I can't say I'm doing perfectly, but I'm doing significantly better than before. And even more importantly than productivity, I've improved my thoughts and attitude towards myself and I've accepted or learning to accept that I think and work differently from other people. I think people have difficulty understanding or are just not aware that you can be intelligent, you can be successful and have ADHD. And I really think it's a serious issue that so many adults out there are undiagnosed and don't know the cause of a shitload of their frustration and struggles. Again, you can be talented, you can be ambitious and successful with ADHD, but that doesn't mean you don't have serious internal struggles that need to be treated. You mentioned having some of that survival skill to kind of mask your ADHD and to cope with kind of our society not being super accepting of or accessible to every single type of person. Can you elaborate a little bit about how that survival skills look like to listeners who are neurotypical? I feel like for neurotypicals, it's quite weird. Leading up to the deadline, my executive functioning is just dirt poor. It's not just that I can't focus. I'm suddenly a little bit worse at organizing and prioritizing things. Like I know how to prioritize and organize things, but for some reason, I'm just unable to ask myself those questions. And it leads me to getting nothing done. But hours before the deadline, whenever I feel the most stressed and I feel that pressure, suddenly I become a machine and people would call me a machine. I am optimizing to the minute. I'm optimizing to seconds. Like I'm using all the keyboard shortcuts. I'm constantly reprocessing and like reprioritizing things. And I have like the calendar app on the side so I can watch the time going down and I have a timer. 
stakes are really, really high right now. Like I am hours before a deadline and I have to get two weeks worth of work done. And I actually have to get really creative about how I can redesign this project or how I can redesign the final outcome to be conducive to me finishing this really fast. That could potentially sound bad, but I actually improved the design many times because of that. And the weird thing is that the end product is often good or sometimes better because of that like fire on my ass that made me do things the right way. It's extremely stressful, but during that time, it's a love-hate thing because I remember how cool my job is because I'm actually getting stuff done and I'm like, wow, this work is pretty cool. Except I'm in a really fucked situation, so I'm like, this is not very cool. But generally, when I am able to hyperfocus, I do really appreciate it. The situation might be unpleasant, but the actual work is often fun for me. It's definitely tough though, because if it's a huge project, like sometimes it happens for several days, the hyperfocus kicks in because there's something to do tomorrow, but then that actual deadline is due in two days. And if I already entered that hyperfocus, then I can last for several days. And during those days, I'm not sleeping. I'm not talking about like, oh no, I got like four hours of sleep, no sleeping. I just mean literally I took a nap. 40 minutes. I'm just not sleeping. It's really unhealthy. I used to go to my boyfriend's house and I was like, hey, can I take a nap here and wake me up later? And it's not because I wanted to take a nap before bed. I'm not sleeping for the rest of the night. Yeah, I could definitely relate to like optimizing at the last moment. So I would spend five hours like a YouTube rabbit hole. And then the last hour, I'm like, I have no time to pee. (laughs) I must do this one work. I can't pee. I can't breathe. Oh my god, I have to pee after submit. And it's just like, why did I spend five hours doing nothing beforehand then? Yeah, I can relate to that. And I sometimes think it gets more and more extreme. The amount I can stay distracted and not actually work even when I have acknowledged that I'm in a fire. And I'm always like, oh my god, is this the time I'm going to cross the line? But then I realize it's always been like this. And then going back to your psych appointment, did you only have the diagnosis of ADHD or do you have another comorbidity? Yes. I remember before my psych appointment, I did a bunch of research on ADHD and I was pretty convinced I had it. It was pretty obvious to me, but I still wanted to go to a psych to confirm. And I remember he asked a lot of questions. And after I felt like I've sort of made it obvious that I have ADHD, I was kind of like, is it not clear that I have ADHD? And he was like, there is no question that you have ADHD. I'm actually trying to find out if you have hypomania and maybe bipolar disorder. And I was like, I know what this is. My brother has bipolar disorder. Don't worry, let me make this short for you. I don't have it. And I remember I was going home on the subway that day and I looked up what hypomania was and I was like, this is me. And I actually messaged Nelly and I was like, Nelly, me. Do you remember that? I was really surprised. Yeah, I was like, that sounds like you. I don't know, having that label on it makes it different because it just brings in all of those stereotypes. But Mm. I feel like if you just think about it in terms of real people and real life situations, you're like, yeah, that's you or like, that's not you. So Nelly, what has your perception and experience with ADHD been? Likewise, I was very misconceived about the notion of ADHD. And I definitely think that's due to media and how it's being portrayed to the public. So I think my first exposure to ADHD in general was watching Sweet Life on deck. And there's this character who was super hyper, talked really fast. And it plays into that trope of being like a squirrel or like, oh yeah, like squirrel, I'm so distracted, like haha, like 
being a quirky personality trait. So to me, ADHD was that. And I never understood truly what it meant or manifest off screen in terms of real people and everyday situations. So to me, I was like, yeah, I know what it is, but I don't have it. It's not me. But I did know about my struggles with focus and attention and obviously constantly being distracted and then having these racing thoughts and having trouble doing one task at a time and doing something that was mundane or boring to me. It was so difficult. But to me, I just thought that was normal. Everyone was dealing with this, but they were just doing such a better job at dealing with it than I was. So to me, I was just like, okay, I'm incompetent. I'm behind on dealing with these things because everyone else talks about, oh my God, I'm a procrastinator too. I can't focus either. But then I would see them studying and focusing and doing work for hours. And I'm just like, we are not the same. Like we are not the same. (laughs) So I feel like for me, because they also said the same things of like, oh, I'm so distracted. I procrastinate. And everything that I felt, to me, it felt like I was just dealing with it in a way that was just poor. I don't know why I couldn't do what they were doing. I don't know if you can relate to this fact of people calling you lazy constantly and never being able to focus because I was moving around and talking to other people. So when people see the fact that you're talking to others, moving around, they're like, oh, you're lazy or you don't care about your work. Yeah, especially with people who are close to me, actually. When I try to open up with these issues, they're kind of just like, "What what do you mean you can't? Couldn't you just do like X, Y, Z? And when I try to open up to them and explain to them what my actual issues are, it's really frustrating when they always just want to tell me stories about times they've done the same thing. And I'm just like, does this mess up your life? Does this cause you intense frustration with work? It's really minimizing your issues. I think it's just like a lack of understanding. A lot of the processes that are really hard for us, it's really straightforward and intuitive for them. And I think it just caused me to always feel this guilt or being ashamed that I'm just really irresponsible and lazy. If I cared enough, I would have started earlier. And it just made me feel really shitty. Even if I did end up objectively performing well and met deadlines, like the whole process is so shitty. Yeah. And then in school, I always did sort of well. So I got good grades and obviously wasn't super loud or rambunctious. And I think it's also those telltale signs of people with low grades or not doing well in school and running around and screaming, like those kids who are troublemakers. And then those were kind of the stereotypes of but with ADHD. So then I was like, okay, that's probably not me. Yeah, and I never really thought about it anymore. And it was also those strengths that I had that kind of helped me hide my ADHD and make it cope better. But obviously it wasn't doing a super good job because I remember in high school when I was in my senior year taking AP Biology, there was also a freshman in the class and you would imagine that the freshman would be more loud and distracted and talking to everyone. But that was me. And the teacher had to place me next to her desk so I would shut the fuck up because I could not stop talking. And imagine being senior, 18, and you are placed in the front of the class because you literally can't control yourself. And that was like super embarrassing to me. But then I just thought, oh, it's like a quirky personality trait. But then once I got into college, it was more of a shit show because everyone else had their shit together. People were adult- And I felt overwhelmed because I still feel like a kid who can't tell left from right because of the lack of structure and the random pieces of info and papers I couldn't keep track of. And I really didn't know how to cope with that. So on the outside, I was, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I'm okay because I just thought I was lazy and not trying hard enough because everyone else had their shit together. So I don't know if you can relate to like feeling this way because when you're out of high school, you don't have that structure anymore. You're kind of on your own to design any life you want. So for me, I was like, I can have ice cream for breakfast and do anything I want. Yeah. Growing up, I didn't realize how much structure my family gave me. 
I was telling my mom when I first got diagnosed with ADHD, like, yeah, I just didn't know because I'm so high functioning. And she was like, excuse me, do you know how much stress you've given me when I had to help you stay awake those many, many late nights to early morning and tell you when to take naps, like wake you up, give you snack. And I was just like, I forgot. <laughs> and after leaving family, I entered two long, serious relationships. And I didn't realize how much that provided structure for my life. Because no matter what, we had to go to the gym, for example, at very routine times or we meet at a very specific time. And I think in San Francisco, when I started living on my own, I wasn't in a relationship. That was like a complete shit show. When you said I could eat ice cream whenever I want, I could make my place look like whatever I want it was just there was no one to see me and see my whack lifestyle or my whack organization or whatever and it was really difficult yeah so I remember you got diagnosed first in late January and then once you called me on the phone you're like Nelly I have ADHD I thought to myself yeah okay got it this is my time gotta book an appointment this is it so I think during that appointment I walked into the room and then my psychiatrist told me that I definitely did have ADHD and anxiety and she wasn't sure whether it was ADHD induced anxiety or not and I had to go back to have a follow-up conversation or an appointment but honestly I was so distracted the whole entire time so I I didn't pay attention to anything she said like nothing so <laughs> yeah there were side effects of medication things that she was talking to me i'm like i don't fucking know what you said to me but then all i knew was i have adhd and it's that sense of validation and also relief but also disbelief and it's like this combination of oh my god i'm not stupid and i have to actually work so much harder than everyone else and it's like this feeling of being seen for your struggles and being validated that you're not alone and it's this shared thing something called adhd people with it have your struggles too so you're not alone so you mentioned earlier that it was really difficult for you to recognize you had adhd because of that trope in your head like kids running around screaming can you elaborate on that on kids versus adults and the adhd stereotype yeah, so I think ADHD is always talked about from a psychiatrist or mental health professional's point of view, and then parents with children with ADHD. And it's always talked about like, children have ADHD, children are allowed, children can't pay attention. But these children end up growing up, you know, they're not going to stay children forever. And I think a lot of those things that kids deal with end up being adult problems, but manifest in different ways. So obviously an adult isn't going to climb things and just yell randomly. It's gonna show up in different ways. So I remember as a kid, I was always loud, didn't follow rules because I didn't know what the rules were because I wasn't paying attention. But as an adult, if people tell me things, I'm not gonna admit that I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I'm just gonna nod and bullshit my way through. And I think it's thinking on your feet and being quick. So I think there are definitely positives to having ADHD. You can draw from so many different things and think creatively and also not think super linearly. So every time I'm put on the spot, I can improvise really well because I've been doing it my whole life. So in terms of that, that's how I kind of deal with ADHD. Cool. So you talked about being able to mask some of the symptoms you've been having, like your ability to improv and things like that. For people who don't really understand, could you paint a clearer picture of what that actually means in the work scenario, for example? I'm in a lot of meetings for my job, and I don't want to admit this, but I guess we're being super authentic and honest, but I'm not listening 100% of the time. So I can mask it via context clues or someone calls my name and I know they asked a question and I have to answer it. So I would answer it based on the question I think they asked, not necessarily the question they asked, but it's always kind of reading between the lines of who is asking what question and what questions they usually ask because of how their brain thinks about certain situations. So that I would use that to my advantage and sound confident even when I am saying random bullshit sometimes, but I will sound so confident 
confident and then people will buy into that and that's how I kind of mask the fact that I had no clue what the hell was said but then I'll answer the question no problem and it's having practice of being caught off your feet all the time no problem like bs there bs there cool we can just talk through it <laughs> yeah I can relate to that another thing you mentioned especially with your high performance at work and ability to improv, be really confident. Sometimes from the outside, it could be difficult for people to understand what your struggles are because people might not know what it's like to feel like you're not living up to your potential when on paper you're doing well. Could you elaborate on why, despite this high performance, you still feel this frustration with not living up to your potential? Yeah, so I always feel like I'm not living up to my potential because everyone else sees the movie aspect, but only you see the behind the scenes aspect of your life. There's 24 hours in a day. And to do all of the things that I'm doing, I probably use like, what, four hours? So then I have all these ideas of, oh, I want to start my own company, write a book, do all these things. But then I'm like not taking any steps towards that. And I know very well that I have the ability and the potential and the capabilities to do all of that. I think people want less than I want. It's like, oh, having a job, that's great. And then you have a house and a car and things like that. And that's their version of success. But for me, I want to do something else, not super traditional. And then I want to do all of those other things, but not being able to do all of that. But then reaching like the traditional definition of success, everyone's like, oh yeah, you've made it. Like you can do those specific things. But for me, I'm like, I I'm only using four hours a day. I literally do nothing else. What do you mean? I could do so much more with my time, but instead I'm on like a six hour Reddit rabbit hole or doing some completely random and not putting my time into good use. So it's kind of like feeling like you will forever live this life that is technically half-assed. Yeah, I think that's like the best way to describe it. You half-assed this paper, but then you got an A, but then you half-assed something else and then you did well. But it's never feeling that sense of accomplishment. Like I tried so hard and then I got this reward, then you feel a sense of accomplishment. And I think not having worked really hard for anything because you can get away with not doing that. It just makes you feel like there is this other life that I could live, but I can't live that because of ADHD or how society treats people with ADHD and unconventional ways of thinking and doing things. Yeah. Though in school, when it's like, oh, I half-assed, but I got an A, getting that grade or confirmation or passing a certain threshold, I feel like made it more okay. But in adulthood, when things are open-ended and you're making decisions about your life, that's when I think it gets scary that you're half-assing things because you're not making the changes to your life that you could. So with these struggles, have any of them changed since you got diagnosed? It's this validation and also a sense of how your brain works. So I don't make myself feel bad anymore if I can't work like everyone else. So if I get distracted or I go into this rabbit hole, I don't blame myself anymore. I don't shame myself. I just accept that this is how my brain works. And I think having that acceptance of yourself validates like your feelings and your frustration so much more. So I am not super constantly stressed or as anxious as before. And I'm definitely not as sad whenever I don't do something so it's like kind of adjusting your expectations not necessarily lowering them but just adjusting it for you so for me i know i'm distracted from 9 a.m to 5 p.m so i don't force myself to be productive in those eight hour chunks i'll be productive let's say from 10 p.m to like 4 a.m and that's how i work so that's when i'm going to do the most work and i think that's accepting that for myself and setting those boundaries of that's what my productive area and this is when i'm not productive so i might as well do things that i enjoy during that time resetting my expectations definitely made me feel better understanding my distractions understanding how long i'm able to work and when i should take breaks definitely helped me feel better about things and i feel like also the medication is super important to deal with certain things 
So I think that definitely helps. Yeah, <laughs> Adi, or whatever medication works for you. So we talked a lot about the struggle that can come before and after diagnosis. And with this internal struggle that you feel that isn't always immediately apparent from the outside, it can be really easy for not only people outside to minimize your problems, but you too. You've had to try so much harder than all of these other people to fit into a world that was built for neurotypicals. If you know that you have ADHD, that's freaking awesome. So many people are undiagnosed, it's troubling, but if you've gotten diagnosed, I am so happy for you. Thank you for listening to episode one of Two Addies and a Coffee, Please. Stay tuned for next time as we talk about our confessions as a college grad and a college dropout.